Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here. I hope this finds you doing great today. I am going to be covering, I think, what is a pretty timely topic. I know a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions and maybe aren't feeling their best because they have been eating a little too many sweets or a lot of fatty foods or something like that around the holidays. Many people right now are about ready to start a new eating plan. And I know that a lot of my patients that come to me are not really sure what meal plan is best for them, what type of diet is best for them. So what I'm going to cover with you today is the different diets that I prescribe to my patients depending upon their unique situation. And hopefully you'll figure out during this episode, which one might be best for you. And at the end, I want to talk to you about what an ideal long-term diet looks like once any health struggles are buttoned down, I guess you could say, and you are just looking to have a good day-to-day healthy diet. So we will cover all of that in this episode. So I hope you find it helpful. Okay. So my particular practice is filled with chronic and complicated cases. And so for the most part, I tend to have to go with these more stricter, intense diets that are better off if you have someone helping you with them. And so I'm going to go over those first, and then we're going to walk through the better DIY ones if you don't have a a functional medicine practitioner that can help you along the way. Okay. So most often, if I suspect someone has an autoimmune disease, that includes pretty much most everyone who has a thyroid issue. Most of the time it's autoimmune in nature. Um, That includes eczema and psoriasis. I would even say there's tie in there with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Those type of things are all tied in with a dysfunctional immune system. And so for those people, I like to put them on the autoimmune protocol most of the time. And sometimes it's called autoimmune paleo. Sometimes it's called autoimmune protocol. And basically what it looks like, it's a pretty strict, pretty darn strict diet. It is mostly meat and most produce. That excludes grains, soy, legumes like beans, and it also excludes certain vegetables like corn and nightshades. So that's potatoes, peppers, tomatoes, that type of thing. Nuts and seeds as well. It is mainly well-raised meat, most vegetables and fruit. So it is intended to be a short-term diet, preferably taken on under the direction of a functional medicine practitioner. But definitely if you do it yourself, there are resources out there for you to do it yourself, but it is so meant to be short-term, okay? It is not supposed to be your diet forevermore. It's too strict. It's not diverse enough. When you're lacking diversity in your diet, you tend to have not all the types of food to feed all of your good bacteria in your gut. So your entire microbiome within your system gets dysfunctional and you actually become more sensitive to more foods. This is a main pitfall 
that I see with people with autoimmune paleo. And I hate to say it, but when they come to me after they've been doing it like two or three years all on their own, usually they're down to just a handful of foods they can still tolerate. So I just want to say that short term, I mean like four to eight weeks for an adult. If it's a child, two to four weeks. And then it's time to start reintroducing foods because the waters should have calmed. Your, your system should be much calmer. And then you reintroduce foods one at a time to figure out. It's sort of like throwing a rock in a puddle and you just look at the ripples, right? You should be able to see pretty clearly what the problematic foods were for you. Actually, I'll tell you a quick story. I actually um, was gluten-free for quite a while. I have Hashimoto's. I have since I was eight and I suffered for 25 years without much help, quite honestly. And then I found the autoimmune paleo or protocol diet and I put myself on that and I couldn't even believe the difference. I had already been gluten-free for like five years because I knew that autoimmune thyroid people most often don't do well with gluten. Um, I was still having a lot of symptoms. So I went on this autoimmune paleo diet. And I could not even believe how functional I was. I, I was more well than I had been in my entire life. It was seriously amazing. And then one day I actually, I was still having a lot of brain symptoms before I went autoimmune paleo. I was, I was having trouble finding words and forgetful and that kind of thing. And then one day I went to a, my friend's house and I got what I call corn. <laughs> um, I got exposure to, to corn and I started slurring my words. And my husband's like, have you been drinking? He was so mad at me. It was, I was like, I swear. And he's just like, couldn't believe me. Cause I sounded like I had like a whole bottle of tequila to myself. I was slurring my words. It took me forever to get my sentences out. And it wasn't until the next day that I think he fully believed me <laughs> because I was still the very next day. It took me like, I'm not even exaggerating, like 30, 45 seconds to get a sentence out because I couldn't find that next word. And this whole time before I had done this elimination diet, my brain fog was actually just constant corn exposure because I was gluten-free. So what do you do when you're gluten-free? You have corn tortillas, corn chips, corn, 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 corn. Turns out I was and am sensitive to corn. And I never would have known, but see, I calmed the waters. And then when I threw that corn chip into my calm little puddle, boy, the waves were noticeable, right? So that's the purpose of the autoimmune protocol diet it is not meant to be a restrictive, God awful diet for the rest of your life. It's meant to calm the water so you can see clearly when you reintroduce things, what you are sensitive to. And it also is a good break for your system where you can heal your barrier system, heal your gut barrier and heal your blood brain barrier, that doesn't happen by itself. You usually need a little bit of assistance with that as far as supplements and herbs and different things like that are concerned. So that's a, that's a topic for another day. But that is kind of how I use the autoimmune protocol. I don't go there with everybody because not everybody can handle that. If they're used to fast foods, you know, three times a day, or they are not functional enough to be able to cook foods at home, um, and can't afford to buy the autoimmune protocol type foods that are more expensive delivered to your door, I, I will go lighter with them. But that's the ideal if I can get someone who is autoimmune or suspected of autoimmune. If I can do that, that's what I do with them. Okay, so again, I'm just going to stress that is not to be done long term. The only other thing I would like to say about the autoimmune protocol and any other very strict diet is all of those are very shaky ground for some people who like to label things good and bad. 
I know that there's, you know, there's bulimia, there's anorexia, there's also orthorexia. And orthorexia is where you have like a fear of food and you become very militant of like, that's a bad food. That's a good food. You get this dysfunction with the way that you see food. And that is one thing that all these really strict diets have as a risk factor. So if you've got a history of eating disorder or you feel like you are prone to doing that, I would strongly consider that you maybe don't even do those. But if you're physically absolutely needing to do it, you need to let your practitioner know and work very, very closely with them so that you don't fuel that fire in you. Okay. So that's how I use autoimmune paleo or autoimmune protocol. Um, sometimes I will use keto with people, a ketogenic diet. And what that is, is very high fat, high protein, very low carb, very low, like no sugar. It is good for people that are diabetic. It's good for people that are tending towards dementia. I use it in those situations the most, but not with everybody. And they have, it actually has similar downsides or pitfalls as the autoimmune protocol diet. You can greatly decrease your produce diversity when you're on keto because it's such a focus on the fat and the protein, the meat that oftentimes people just don't put very much diversity in their vegetable choices. And some of the veggies and fruit are actually off limits for keto. With that diversity being decreased in your produce, you're not feeding all the good bacteria. So it's the same problem as we have with autoimmune protocol, where if you're not really intentional with getting a lot of vegetables and getting the diversity in there, then you're going to mess up your good bacteria balance in your gut and then throughout your whole system. That has health implications beyond just your digestion. I mean, massive health implications. So definitely, if that's the diet that you're going to choose, it's good to get help with it. But it's also, you know, something that you want to be very intentional with, with your fruits and vegetables, vegetables, especially because I don't think you can eat much fruits on keto. Another thing that's a downside to keto or just something to be aware of, most people need to phase into keto. Otherwise, they kind of get the keto flu where they're pretty miserable. And it's hard to stay motivated. If you're choosing to do a diet and it makes you feel pretty miserable at the beginning, it's kind of tough. So I want you to be successful. If this is what you're going to choose, I would do a week or two of just sugar-free whole foods. Don't worry about the carbs. I would just focus on that. Kind of like a whole 30 diet, you know, um, that type of whole foods, lower sugar, no sugar type of thing so that you can get your body ready for it. And you don't get that awful keto flu, which is totally demotivating <laughs> and miserable. I also don't do keto too much with people who have adrenal or thyroid dysfunction. If their adrenals or thyroids have been a problem, but they're properly managed, and now they're okay, then that's a different story. But if they're still in disarray in their metabolism for their thyroid or in their adrenal glands health, then I don't generally go for keto for them. Again, with the orthorexia, the carbs can become like an enemy and it becomes very black and white. And so just be cautious there if you do decide to do keto. And my final cautionary tale with keto is it is super 
very heavy. And while that's okay for some, a good amount of people, like probably at least half, get inflamed by dairy. This isn't just like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant and I get a bad tummy ache. It's systemic inflammation, aches and pains, brain fog, things like that. Dairy can do that to a ton of people. Cow's milk is is specifically what I'm talking about, but sometimes even the other milks that are available. So animal milks, that is. That's my precaution with keto. There is a dairy-free keto cookbook. If you are determined to do that and you think dairy might be a problem for you, the dairy-free keto cookbook. But I don't remember the author, but it's easy to find. There's not very many of them because keto is traditionally so heavy on dairy. It's, it's kind of difficult to do. So um, you should be able to find that pretty easily. Now we're going to move on to the milder healing diets that a lot of people can go on. And they're not necessarily ones that you need a practitioner to work with you on. The first one is just a traditional paleo. So I like this for people that they just need to clean their diet up, less processed foods, that type of thing. It's a milder elimination diet. You can, if you're paleo, you're not eating a lot of grains, you're not eating dairy, you're taking out a good amount of the most common aggravating foods. So it's a good thing to do on your own if you would like to. I like to do that specifically with kids, maybe kids even that have some pretty substantial issues. Paleo can really get you pretty far. It doesn't have to be as strict as autoimmune paleo, or definitely I wouldn't do keto with a kid. So paleo is a good option for kids if they have some health struggles. I also use paleo for people who do not have a serious health issue to tend with um, because it's a little more palatable, like no pun intended. It's a little easier. And it's a good kind of goal for people who are on autoimmune paleo, we'll just say, is to be able to go traditional paleo, which allows you to eat the nightshades which I'm just going to go on a little quick rabbit hole here, tend to be the most problematic with people who have pain syndromes. It's That tends to be the one that is causing the big waves for people when it comes to pain. Not all the time, but a good amount of the time. Traditional paleo is a good one for you to kind of reach towards if you have autoimmune paleo. So you get your, your nuts and your seeds back in, you get your nightshades back in, more flexibility there. So that's something that I can use with people that I don't need to go as strict with. And it is something that I would say would be safe for you to do if you are DIYing it at home. The downside to paleo is a lot of people focus on just meat, 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 and more meat, and they neglect the vegetables. And so what we want you to do is not be like a meatitarian. We want you to really focus on vegetable and vegetable diversity so that you get that good microbiome that's going to help you in so many different ways. Try really hard not to go super focused on me. I've done it to myself several times on paleo where I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat? I'll just grab that sausage or whatever. It, it's easy to slide into it. And I always have to catch myself too, which is how I know that it's going to be a problem if you're not mindful of it, because it has happened to me more than once. Then the other one that is good to do, and this is a step down from paleo, would be gluten-free and, and dairy-free. So in this case, you can have gluten-free grains. So if you are someone who needs the grains or can have the grains, because quite honestly, eat your grains if you can eat them. A lot of people can't tolerate them. I like to do gluten-free, dairy-free for kids oftentimes, especially for teenagers, because as you know, as a teenager, you want to just be able to 
be like the people around you. And so if you start going all autoimmune paleo or you start going even paleo and you're not able to eat a lot of the things that your peers are eating when you're going out with them to the movie theater or eating with them in the lunchroom, it starts to make you feel other than. And you have to be real careful with kids because you don't want them to create this like sickness identity. Like I'm different than I have to eat this way because I'm sickly because that's going to grow with them through their whole life. You just really have to be careful with what you do with kids diet so that you don't create actual like mental emotional issues that they're going to have to contend with long after you've left the earth, right? I mean, it literally stays with them for a lifetime. So gluten-free, dairy-free is a good thing to do with kids, teenagers, and kids that are now young adults in college dorms. It's really hard to do really strict diets with people who are living in dorms because they just don't have the access to cooking spaces and the ability to individualize meals and things like that. And gluten-free, dairy-free is probably already going to be a bit of a challenge for kids, teens, and a dorm room inhabitor. So it's a lot to ask already. So I would just focus there and hopefully you'll be able to just use it as elimination and then they won't be sensitive and they can get back to a normal, easier way of eating. I would caution you with those specific groups that being reasonable and trying to put yourself in their shoes, not going too strict so you don't create problems is really important. So those are the people that I, I like to use the gluten-free, dairy-free with the most. Also, some people who have gone autoimmune paleo or keto or paleo, and they found they actually do okay with grains. They oftentimes stay gluten-free, dairy-free because they feel better that way. And then sometimes I'll use it for people where it's just such a large adjustment to even swallow that pill of gluten-free, dairy-free that there's no way I can get them on board. And I know a little bit is better than nothing. And so not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good, this is what we do. So kind of decide where you're at with what you can handle. And those are great healing diets, any and all of them. So ideally, long-term, what would be good would be depending on what you tolerate, either just this plain whole foods diet, which is pretty much the perimeters of the grocery store, not a lot of boxed, canned, processed type of foods. Or maybe if you are sensitive to gluten and dairy, a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. Or if you are sensitive to grains, then a paleo diet, or at least mostly paleo. So all of those are really important to emphasize vegetable diversity. On top of that, if you could add in this extra beautiful layer, that would be women, you can eat ideally for your menstrual cycle. Did you know that? When you're in different phases of your menstrual cycle, your caloric needs change, your needs for warming your body up change, cooling your body down change, your estrogen, there's foods that promote estrogen, there's foods that break down estrogen when it's really high. All of those things are a beautiful way that you can actually optimize and rhythmize your eating cycle. And I actually love this. If you haven't looked into it, it's so healthful and lovely to incorporate. And that is in my Nourish Rhythms membership. We actually have meal plans for my members that are timed with their menses. So that sounds kind of funny. And if you're not someone who actually 
menstruates any longer, you can tie it to the moon cycle too, because our menstruation is tied with the moon cycle as well. That's why all the babies are born on full moons. If you've ever asked a nurse from the hospital, they know that that's true. Tons of babies, baby booms on the full moons. What I do is I tie in, I have four different weeks for each month. And one week is labeled like menstruation week slash new moon, because that's what it ties in with. Um, And then the next week is the follicular or pre-ovulation week. And that ties with the moon for those who are not menstruating. The following week is ovulation week. And then the final week is the luteal phase week. And then they get to just choose that week. And I've customized their meals based off of what they need in their bodies. And they're all gluten-free and dairy-free because that's what most people um, in that membership are, and it's a very helpful way to live anyhow. So if you're interested in joining my Nourish Rhythms community, you can definitely check out the link in the show notes. It is a beautiful, lovely place where I give tons of tools to set up rhythms and routines and bring about a very easygoing, simple to achieve type of lifestyle that will promote your health. So if you'd like to learn more about it, go check out that link in the show notes. I would love to see you within that community. And we don't always have the community open and available because I like to really nourish and nurture the new members. And so I don't want it to be open all the time. If it's not open right now, just get on the wait list and we will notify you when we open it up again. So we have covered the top diets that I like to use for healing my patients and myself and my family. And I hope they will be good to heal you as well. We talked about who I use them for and the pitfalls of each of them so you don't fall into that pitfall. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you have a great rest of your year and a beautiful year ahead. Talk to you soon. Bye.